0: This is The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 260.
1: A question I think I'd like to offer for listeners mm-hmm. is what's something that really matters to you right now and that you'd like to be moving at a faster pace towards whatever it is you want? And it might be your coaching business, it might be your relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. It, like, who knows? But just pick something And then if you do have a coach, you can ask your coach, hey, I want to be challenged on this. What else can I be doing? What would massive action look like? And an exercise I often give my clients or or listeners on a podcast like this, I offer this exercise right at the top of the piece of paper. If I was fearless, what might I do?
0: welcome to star coaches the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies tools and resources whatever your focus or niche take a front seat weekly as industry leaders decision makers and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching now join your host meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential Hello, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is fabulous to have you here. We have a on-the-edge show for you today that I think you're going to really enjoy as we think about how we, in whatever walk of life you're doing right now, whether you are a coach in your own business, whether you're an internal coach, whether you are thinking about whether coaching is something that you want to do, maybe you're A leader of people using coaching in your leadership style. Maybe you just found the Star Coach Show and you're like, what is this all about? Whatever, wherever you're meeting us, I guarantee you that today's show is going to have something for you. And that's what the Star Coach Show is all about. My name's Meg Rentschler. If you have yet to meet me, I'm an executive coach. I'm also a mentor coach who works with hundreds of coaches every year to help them bring their impact forward through strengthening their skills, getting some business development, figuring out how the heck do I build my business so that I can bring my impact forward. I also work with leaders to use coaching in their leadership style so that they can be more effective and help their people be more effective. And that's why I developed the Star Coach Show, so that we could bring nuggets of wisdom every single week around different avenues of strengthening skills, using coaching in organizations, building our businesses. And the my guest today knows about all of that because he used to be sort of the coaches of coaches. He's he's changed his business focus, which is another thing that I think is so important because sometimes when I work with coaches, they're in that place of, you know, do I have to pick one thing and then just stick with it for the next 30 years of my life? And I would say no. I think David's a beautiful example of how you can pivot When you've become very, very successful or at any point, if your focus changes and today we're going to talk about finding the edge and riding that edge, what it does for your business, what it does for you to kind of light you up. At one point in the interview, David talks about, you know, courage through a heart lens, which is so like powerful, was almost the title that I chose for the show. But really, we're talking about that edge and really riding the edge. And, and if you're wondering what that's all about, David's the person to share that with us. He's a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. And then he built the world's largest coaching business. He was number one on Google for life coaching. He coached thousands of hours in over 12 countries around the globe. David is going to be talking to us about riding that edge and courage with a heart. And he's certainly no stranger to overcoming challenges himself. He survived a full collapse of his paraglider and fractured his spine. He witnessed the death of his sister at age seven. He's overcome anxiety and depression. He's been on a national gong show. I mean, all these things that we talk about in the interview about different ways that he's walked up to the edge and sometimes over the edge and had to kind of pull himself back. He currently coaches high-performing business owners to double their revenue and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. So with no further ado, we are going to uh, walk right into my interview with David Wood, and we'll see you on the other side. Oh, David Wood. Welcome to the Starcoat Show. I am so excited to have you here with me
1: today. Woohoo! Thank you.
0: Woohoo. We are going to actually, uh, David's name has been kind of following David's work and, and I think it was, gosh, how long ago did you write your book about getting paid for who
1: you are? That probably came out about 10 years ago.
0: I was guessing about 10 years. I remember I was in my office in Grapevine when it arrived from Amazon. So that would would align that with that pretty well. So, David, let's talk a little bit about the kind of work that you're doing now and what's led you, because you've had a series of a winding road to get with different things you've played with along the way. So what has led you to do the kind of work you're doing now?
1: Right. Well, the short version, I've had a chance to share this story a few times. So the short version is, I grew up in a country town in Australia. Had some trauma as a kid. I My little sister was killed in a, by the school bus when I was seven years old, and oh. I was there, and I witnessed it.
0: How and awful. we didn't
1: know about taking kids to therapy back then, uh, or even they didn't go to the funeral. And what apparently what happened is I learned how to be very cerebral and very left-brained, and I would jump to solutions and skip over whatever the emotions might be and it wasn't a thing you know no one said david how do you feel about that right like what do you notice in your body that wasn't a thing so i went to school i ended up coming top of my school i got paid to go to university had a scholarship and university was free back then in australia so it wasn't like i had student debts i just i got money to go to university which was amazing And then I traveled for a year and realized I can't afford to keep doing that. So I asked for a job transfer and I got transferred to Park Avenue, New York, consulting to Sony Music, Ford, Exxon, Procter & Gamble at the age of 23, 24. I'm a consultant, I've got an office. It's like, woohoo, I've made it. And then I wasn't happy uh, in my marriage and someone said, why don't you try out this personal growth program called the Landmark Forum? And they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much and I didn't trust them, but they cracked my cynicism. I didn't know that people would devote their entire lives to making the world better. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought they were just out to getting my money. And during the course, I coached somebody and changed their life overnight. I couldn't help myself. If I see you know, how something could be done better or someone's complaining about something. I'm like, well, did you try what they said yesterday? Or what about this? Coach someone to go and confess to an affair that they had 10 years ago and come clean with their partner and risk their marriage, kids, everything for true intimacy. And then she was Floating on air, she came back and said, oh, my God, I, my life has changed. And I'm like, okay, I'm into this coaching Yeah,
0: thing. But I, you got bit by the bug, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So, I didn't want to do any more courses, though. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do any more courses because I thought I'd be a self-help junkie who can't think for himself. That was my viewpoint back then. But people were coming back and bouncing off the walls after doing the second program called the advanced course. And I'm like, I don't know what happened to them, but I want some of that. So I went and did the second one. And that's where my heart really was opened. And they said, if you do the third program, we will train you as a coach to support people going through it. That's what I wanted. I'm like, okay, I want that. So I did the third program, which actually changed my life as well in self-expression. And then I learned how to coach. And a year later, I was back in Australia. I'd quit my job. I was playing guitar for pubs and parties because I'd always wanted to do that. I saw a guy at the ski fields put on a black afro and sing Blame It on the Boogie and then wear a blonde ABBA wig and sing SOS. I'm like, I want to do that. So I was pursuing that for a year and a half. And during that time, I met a guy who was coaching. He had a business card. He just started this training program. And I said, well, how about I hire you? Uh, I'll be your practice client and, uh, you know, I'll pay you something. I paid him $25 a week to be his first practice client. And then someone showed up in my audition because I was auditioning people for singers because I can't sing and I wanted to do a duo. And this woman showed up and she was having some issues in her life. And I said, well, I'm just starting a life coaching practice. Would you like to be my practice client? I'll charge you $25 a week, something nominal. And she's like, okay. That's how I got started. Now, I was doing some stuff on the side to make money. I was mm-hmm. still consulting, uh, but under my own banner now, I just called everybody and said, I'm back in Australia. If you need some extra help, I'm good at these things from the US. And I got, I got work. So that was funding me mm-hmm. while I'm doing this bad entertainment business. And then when I started coaching, I still kept funding myself by doing that consulting on the side. And then maybe after three years, I think I was, I hit six figures in coaching and I decided I'm done with actuarial studies. So after eight years of qualifying, that's what, what it took me, eight mm-hmm. years, blood, sweat and tears, I resigned from the, to me, it'd be like qualifying as a surgeon mm-hmm. and, and then, then saying, never mind. And then saying, I'm done. <laughs> thank you. And resigning, like just giving up your medical license. It was like that. And I've never gone back. I thought I could, I could probably go back and, and re-qualify, but I'm so thrilled to say (laughs) that I've never had to go back and do that because it wasn't me. I I realized if I just did 40 hours of continuing education a year, Mm -hmm. I could stay, I could stay as a qualified actuary. Didn't want to do it. Wasn't Mm -hmm. worth it. 40 hours of reading legislation on life insurance and pension funds. Are you kidding me? didn't want to do it. So I've never had to go back. I have once in 20 something years gone to a friend and said, I need some some cash. Is there something I can do for you? And he's like, yeah, I can use your skills. And so I did that for a little bit to help. But other than that, it's all been coaching, which I think I don't appreciate as much as I am in this moment.
0: Good. Yeah, I see. You all can't see David's eyes, but they're like lighting up. It's like a shift happened just behind his eyes as he was sharing that with us. And so many things just in that piece of your story show the courage and the playing, playing for real, just getting in there and following your heart. And that's what we're going to talk about today in how do we really maybe our own personal goals help our clients meet their goals by getting in there and playing for real so when we think about well let's just start with that whole concept of what does full out mean like if we're playing full out what does that mean to you david
1: that's different for every single person mm-hmm. right for someone playing full out could be they're finally going to go and get a kitten from from the rescue place uh for someone else it could be conquering a fear of jumping off a mountain strapped to a paraglider in Nepal it's really i think there's a sweet spot if we play in the comfort zone all the time it can get pretty uncomfortable over time mm-hmm. and the risk is on our deathbed we'll say oh i played too safe i wish i'd gone for it more i think that's the most common thing i wish mm-hmm. i'd gone for it more. I wish I'd played full out. I wish I'd expressed myself. So I'll give some examples for me, expressing myself and telling someone that I really cared about them, asking that person out that you're scared to ask, asking for something in the bedroom when that's what you want, saying no to the things that don't work, even if it might get someone angry and you might lose your job. Like The self-expression comes up for me when Mm -hmm. I think of playing full out. Then in the world of time and space, it might mean, um, well, I'll, I'll use some personal examples. Yeah, please do. Use some personal examples, starting coaching, uh, well, doing the entertainment business, oh my God.
0: I was thinking, boy, how were I, you
1: full out there, yeah. I went home and I booked a lesson with a vocal coach and, t- and then bought the equipment and worked out how it all went together Learn some songs, and two weeks later, I was telling someone this is what I was doing, and he was a bartender at a squash court that had a bar attached, and he said, Oh, I'll hire you. I'll pay you 50 bucks. Boom. Two weeks after starting, terrifying. All right. But for me, that was playing full out. And then I wanted to get more publicity, and they were auditioning for a gong show, where you go on, it's called Red Faces, and you embarrass yourself and do something, and then you you get gonged off in five or ten seconds sometimes. And I auditioned with 300 people, and they said, we want you two weeks from today. We're going to fly you to Melbourne. You're going to be on national television. Wow. Singing 500 miles in a kilt with a bad Scottish accent. I, I was so scared, Meg, in the green room. And I'm telling this because I want people to understand. It's not like I'm just some unusual person that has no fear. Now I was so scared in the green room, I started to lose bladder control. And three drops of urine came out. And I'm in a kilt about to go on national TV. So now I'm even I'm terrified of peeing my pants, which I've never done that while right. I'm awake. But that was terrifying. I put on I I literally went and got two extra pairs of underpants for my overnight bag and put them on. And then I went out and I did it. Now, for me, that's an example of playing full out. A year and a half went for it. When it came to coaching, that was scary too. It's like calling my friends and saying, this is what I'm doing. Then my coach, I went and hired a coach because I thought if I'm going to do this really well, I have to learn from the best. And I also wanted to go faster than most people. That's Mm -hmm. my thing. And that's when you get a coach normally. That's exactly right.
0: And if you say that you believe in coaching, in your coaching, what are you learning from having your own coach as well? I mean, there's almost a universe kind of energy around that. You're saying that it's worth hiring a coach and you're not hiring a coach yourself.
1: Right. So So I went and got one of the best uh, in Australia and she suggested speaking for clients. So that was, that was a whole new thing. My, my God. To get up on stage. I'd done a couple of presentations in my job, but I had to create a speech and um, invite friends over to my house to hear my practice speech. And I got up and I did the thing and it was really awkward. And for, I think, a year or two, I did speaking and I just felt really awkward, but I kept doing it. Someone paid me $1,000 and flew me to another state to speak. I'm like, oh my God, this is great.
0: I'm really a speaker.
1: Yeah, so that's an example, and then mm-hmm. a recent one, which is really fun for me, is I, I've been thinking for years. This has been a secret dream. I've been thinking one day I'd like to dive into acting. I, you know, I I don't really understand it. I've done related things, but I want to do a year or two with a program. I want to have a diploma. I want to call myself a trained actor. I want to audition every day. I want to date actresses. I want to go to the parties. I want to live the life of an actor and know what that's like. And if I died without that happening, I would feel a loss. So, But I didn't tell anybody about it because I didn't know if I was actually going to do it. And then it's just been bubbling up this year. I thought, I don't have a partner right now. I'm mobile in terms of my job. And my lease expires May 1. So May 1, I'm moving to Los Angeles to pursue acting and I, I thought I'll just wait till I move there and then I'll dive right in. But I started speaking it and I think this is a, another good tip on playing full out. You start speaking it. You start telling people, hey, this is a, a thing that I want to do, I think in May I'm going to do it. A friend of mine said, I did that. I moved to LA and I, I did the, the whole thing. And she said, I'm going to audition for this local play they're, they're going to put on Dracula do you want to come with me and, and audition? And it's a bit of a drive, but if we get in the play, we could carpool together. And part of my brain is like, I don't know how to play a role in a play and I don't know how to audition. It's so, that's a completely part of my brain.
0: New territory for you, like completely out yeah, of your wheelhouse. Yeah.
1: I did a play when I was five years old in school. And, Didn't and we all? I, yes. And I had an experience that had me change schools because I felt so embarrassed about Oh, my
0: goodness. It. Okay.
1: I, in the play, I had to – I was five years old, right? And I'm Australian and I'm not – my family's not very expressive. And my line was, ooh, a trapdoor. That was my 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 big line. And the teacher kept coaching me to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. So, finally, I got out in front of the whole school and went, ooh, a trapdoor. Every day after that, kids I'd never met, and I'm five years old, so I'm the youngest in the school, right? Yes. Kids I'd never met would stop in the playground and go, ooh, a trapdoor. And I thought they were making fun of me.
0: Aww.
1: So I changed schools because of that. And here I am now at the age of 53. And I decided I'm gonna go and I'm gonna audition. But how 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 do you do it? And again, this this influences the concept of playing full out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy the play. No one else, uh, one other person did that. Everyone else who shut up for the auditions, they just get the excerpts that you're sent. But a friend said it's a good idea to get the whole play, read through it, and work it all out. So I got the, the play. concept
0: looks like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I got the play. And then I wanted to play Van Helsing, the vampire slayer. And it said he's Germanic. So I went on Google and I looked out up how to do a German accent. So now I can speak like this if I need to be German. Um, so I did that. And then I had friends come over and read with me. And then I memorized the scenes for the audition. And not just one role, because I wanted to read for four. I figured, let's maximize my chances. I'll read for four different roles. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn all the parts for the things. And then I hired an acting coach, 50 bucks, one hour. And I showed him what I had you know, what I was going to do, and he gave me some really great tips and a couple of exercises and whatever. And then I went, I read for the thing, and I thought, yeah, maybe I'll, I think I'll, I'm going to get, they're going to offer me something. They offered me the lead. They said, we'd like to offer you Dracula. <laughs> so now I'm I'm driving to Denver. Uh, it's two hours driving every night. Uh, this week, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so it's two hours driving plus the rehearsals. It's five weeks of rehearsals. And then we open and it will run for six weekends, so 12 performances. So it's a huge commitment. And to me, uh, for, for me, this is me playing full out right now in acting. I might get a vocal coach. I found a local acting class. I went and auditioned for something called Playback Theater which is an amazing thing where an audience member tells a story from their life, like a pivotal moment, pivotal story, and then the improv troupe says, okay, let's watch. And the improv troupe reinterprets it. There might be a dream sequence. There might be abstract movement and cloth. There might be a monologue. That That's really scary for me. And I went and auditioned for that, and they invited me to join the troupe. So now I'm doing that. So And I'm reading a book on acting, and I, there's a podcast, and... A question I think I'd like to offer for listeners Mm -hmm. is what's something that really matters to you right now and that you'd like to be moving at a faster pace towards whatever it is you want. And it might be your coaching business. It might be your relationship with your kids. Mm -hmm. Like, who knows? But just pick something. And then if you do have a coach, you can ask your coach, hey, I want to be challenged on this. What else can I be doing? What would massive action look like? And an exercise I often give my clients or, or or listeners on a podcast like this, I offer this exercise right at the top of the piece of paper. If I was fearless, what might I do? If I was fearless, and you could do that for business, you could do that for your personal life, you don't have to do everything on the list, but this is a way of starting to find your edge. So I started this earlier and I didn't finish it. If we play too safe, That's not uh, a great way to live. If we go too far and we're constantly pushing our edges and jumping off cliffs and, you know, for me, I I explored polyamory, dating and open relationships, and I did all these things that were too far, too much for me. And, you know, those things can be traumatic. You want to find your edge and ride that edge. There's a sweet spot which will be challenging for you. There'll be a growth edge, will lead to Pride an accomplishment but not push yourself too far that's the that's the zone we're looking for
0: so so good so david with you know that word of wisdom those words of wisdom and and i love the stories that you shared and and i hope that everybody who's listening is able to kind of take what david is sharing and think what's my parallel or what can i learn from that and maybe challenge myself to step into to courageousness, to be brave, to find my edge and lean into it. How can people learn more about you? Tell us a little bit about, I know you have a couple books out and share a little bit about how people can, can stay in touch with you. Yeah. How they can play with David.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, one way is to work with me in a coaching capacity. I don't work specifically with coaches anymore. I did for years. For 10 years, I was the coach's coach. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I still have coachescoach.com or something, something like that. That was my thing. I, you know, Solution Box was my brand, and I created ten to fifteen products for coaches. Now and I've they're still with, out
0: there. I mean, like your book is still out there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I wrote yeah. the coach. The Coach Start Manual was a was a big big winner. I don't even know if you can buy that anymore. Mm-hmm. I've let that go. Now I work with business owners who are already up and running. So, you're already successful. You have to have at least $5,000 a month coming in in income. And I work with people who are earning $5,000 to, to 200000 a month. And so, you're already successful and you want more. You want to go at a faster pace towards your goals. You might want some help with the goals. So, that's one way you can play with me and I have a link, there's a link uh, that I created that goes to a hidden page on my website with the things I'm about to mention. So there's coaching, you can quest a session with me and we'll see if we're a fit. There's the upcoming book, The Mouse in the Room. If you are really interested in transparency and authenticity and how to actually have deeper connection, more confidence and be a better leader, this book is, is called The Mouse in the Room because the elephant is not alone. We all know about the elephant in the room. We
0: all know about the elephant in the room. You see it,
1: I see it, no one's saying anything. Well, many creatures in the room are much more subtle, it might be a feeling I'm having, might be a thought I'm having, might be a toleration or a desire or a confession or something, but you don't know about it. So it's not an elephant. And when we name our mice artfully, we get to have true connection and and amazing things can happen. So while the full book's not ready right now at the time of recording, we've got the mini book ready so you can get a hold of that. And uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, I have a podcast called Extraordinary Focus. Uh, I also have another one called Tough Conversations. So that's another way you can play with me. And I have a cheat sheet, a checklist on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. That's really useful. So, this is a bundle of, of goodies that I created. And the link to that, I tried to create a very memorable link. It's myfocusgift.com. Just go to myfocusgift.com, and that'll take you to the hidden page on my, on my website.
0: Excellent. We will have that link in the show notes along with other information on how to stay in touch with David. David, I so appreciate your time. It's been great to have this playtime together today, and and learn about courage. Courage, kind of through a more tangible, maybe less scary sort of way to think about courage. So, thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. The words that just came to me is courage through a heart lens. Beautiful. Through the lens of our heart, um, just find that find that sweet spot and live life so that when the time comes. You are on the deathbed looking back, you can say, I gave it everything. I really, truly lived. That's the test that we're going for. So good.
0: Thank you. What I love about doing this show is being able to flow with what the guests are offering and being able to hear about their journeys and help all of you really grow and learn through others' journeys. Know that you can access all of the episodes of The Star Coat Show, and there's so many stories being shared at StarCoatShow.com. If you'd like to know more about David Wood and be able to grab the link that he talked about, go to StarCoatShow.com slash 260 and access the show notes to this episode with all of the links to be able to connect with David. Next week, I'm going to do a solo show with you about building a coaching practice that you can really leverage and scale. I want coaches to be able to flourish in their businesses. And, you know, if you have to do something else to be able to survive, and you're not able to get the income that you want from your coaching business, then you're not able to coach as much as you'd like because you're having to do other things as well. Really being able to build a business that you can leverage and scale and build is a key element to you finding the happiness and the ability to build the lifestyle you want and be able to serve more clients. So that's what I'm gonna talk about next week please come back. We're also going to talk about some tools that I use to be able to do that. So I hope that that's helpful to you. And uh, as always, if you're enjoying the show, please rate and review to wherever you listen. There's always a place to rate and review, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Play, wherever you're listening, please think about leaving a review. I appreciate that. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you, oh, the absolute joy for your week and uh, hope for your success. And we'll see you next week. Take care.